0: Hi, this is Ryan Hill, Curatorial Research Associate for the Hirshhorn Museum, and we're speaking about Harun Faraki's um, piece in cinema effect, Dreams, called Workers Leaving the Factory in 11 Decades. It's from 1995. Joining me is Johanna Raczynska, filmmaker, independent curator, and arts administrator, Fred Warden, filmmaker and professor of film at the University of Maryland, K. K. J. Moore, film and media program um, programmer at the National Museum of Women in the Arts. So, without further ado, uh, let's uh, talk about this work. I'd love to hear what you have to say.
1: Well, as a filmmaker, I'm interested in Harun Farocki's work for lots of different reasons, and sort of as a curator for even more and different reasons than that. So, I wanted to start off by saying that I was. Really excited to see Farochi's work at the end of the Dreams exhibition of Cinema Effect, because I see it, I really do see it as sort of a bridge between dreams and realisms. Um, Farochi's work obviously has elements of the documentary in it. He uses archival footage and really very famous footage of um, the Lumiere brothers. Um, Factory Workers Leaving the Factory, I believe, is the title. But he also uses uh, clips from famous feature films by um, filmmakers like Antonioni and Straub and and others, Lars von Trier, for instance. So I found that fascinating because it's also a piece to me that speaks to both the dreams and the realism shows. It's very rich with cultural references, with the references of um, filmmaking itself, but also, really refers to um, cinema making, filmmaking itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. KJ or Fred? KJ, not oh,
2: well, Fred. <laughs> 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 I was—I mean, I'd heard that it was outside of the exhibit, and and I was curious how that would work. And and when it got to the end of it. Um, my first impression was just that it looked really Namjoon Paiky, which is the last thing yeah. I expect from Faroqi, because yeah. he's so, I mean, his colors are often very drab, and it's very pacing, very slow, and yeah. um, it was just kind of surprised to see, first of all, the many monitors, and and, uh, and it was more colorful because there's so many different media, or different um, types of film being used and over so many years and everything. so. Um, It didn't look at all like Faroqi to me, so that was the first thing that kind of struck me. Um, But then, sitting down, when you get into... um, you know, The first thing that shines through is his politics. Of course, it's always very rooted in the people, and his films are always following the people and revolutions and workers and things like that, so that makes sense. Um, And I thought at first, too, I would like to see this within... um, the, the exhibitions is just so without but then it made sense to me too that it's outside here with the people where the people are coming <laughs> through and in the escalators and it's very um plebeian somehow mm-hmm. <laughs> fitting
0: yeah definitely you can see it going up and down the escalators right mm-hmm. and that's an interesting thing mm-hmm. um I know that it's a the way that they've thought about it is it's kind of a bridge between the two p- part one and part two uh-huh. of the exhibit um
3: well, I, I saw the show last week, and I, you know, I do think it really does work as a bridge. I mean, um, when you come out of the uh, first part of the exhibition where, where these pieces are so uh, encased in darkness, for one thing, I mean, there's many differences the, in the way uh, the Farocchi piece is presented. Uh, <clears throat> it's a different kind of creature, so to speak. Uh, the, the projections in the dreams section of the exhibition are largely big cinematic spectacles, the frocky pieces contained in these boxes. Uh, you're not in the in the kind of darkness you've been in. So I think immediately you're kind of shifted into a uh, a stance of um, of a more conscious. You've given up your dream state. That 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 the first part of the exhibition is really quite successful at inducing mm-hmm. as you walk through these dark chambers, uh, <clears throat> and, and suddenly parts of your rational mind are allowed back into the experience and and just the array which I think although it does uh, you know bring up Namjoon and it it sort of reminisces of the way um, video art was so often exhibited as uh, you know multiple monitors and now that we get so much digital projection I think that's that's been a real sea change in how Mm -hmm. video art uh, is exhibited in galleries and this harkens back a bit to the prior time but i think it, it's appropriate um because it steps us away from the spectacle it it sets up a kind of uh comparison between mm-hmm. each, each of these things and and that's and there's a kind of discriminating pro- mental process that you're now involved with that you're really sort of not meant to get involved with inside. Inside you're in the dream state where you don't use that part of your brain. Now your rational mind is making comparisons, you know, and thinking about things in a way that is not dreamlike. But inside each of those little boxes is is a contained dream world, so to speak, if if we can consider all cinema dreams. And it's interesting that Farocchi doesn't follow up, you know, the Lumiere strict documentary approach, he immediately goes to feature films or fiction films, and sort of they're interchangeable uh, f- from his point of view, it would seem. Um, so uh, I think it's, you know, it's 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 a great uh, kind of uh, realistic uh, containing of this dream condition
0: that we've just left behind mm. as we exit the gallery. That's interesting it made me also think about how there, there's a different kind of burden, or not burden, but there's a different kind of responsibility put on the viewer when you're looking at it, mm-hmm. which is when I go through um, DreamWorks, uh, dream how funny, mm-hmm. it's we a weird little slip. Um, when I go through um, the dream section of, uh, of Cinema Effect, the, the actual kind of dark ride of it, I am I'm kind of feel like I'm being directed, and I feel kind of like I'm passively moving myself through it, but I... I kind of go from light source to light source but with um his work i feel like i'm unifying it in my by thinking about it and that it works the same way as an essay would work which is that i have examples that serve kind of an overarching theme um and that i'm having to do a a lot more kind of working a little more analysis than i would so it's almost like after a dream you kind of uh, have to analyze it and have to kind of make sense of it maybe that's how it works for me
2: maybe that's how it ties into I was thinking at first when I read something about um, the piece that um, that it is so tied into your dream life and I, I was saying that I have too many bad dreams about work or just dreams about work in general I don't like to wake up thinking about work and yet yeah. it's something that we commonly do so maybe it's also kind of referencing that or, or speaking to that reality
0: what, what do you think his dream about work I mean what, what do you think he's saying about work or If this is a dream about work, what is this dream telling us about work, do you think? Mm.
2: Well, it's very much about the social aspect, right, about these groups of people, and some of it is even choreographed, like the long, and Uh um, just such big groups of people, such a social thing.
1: Isn't it really the only the only piece that really shows any workers from Metropolis? Everything else is outside of the factory gates mm-hmm. and interactions between the workers after the day is done, and other figures like romantic connections or uh, friends or even um, military or police-like figures. You know, the authority outside of the factory. So, I find it fascinating that perhaps I mean one way to read this Faroqui is as not allowing us to get behind the gate, but there's no way that these workers can leave the work behind in a way. It's like, it's almost like, um, um, dismal, as dismal outside as it might be inside. Um, Um, well, I found if I, this is a little off the subject, but we're... Oh,
0: no, no. Yeah. Tangents are great. My tangent. Here's my
1: tangent. I thought Number 11, which was the um, ElectoStar commercial for the Factory Gate, was absolutely brilliant yeah. move. Um, not only because, for me, it signals the, use, the beginning of the use of video more frequently than for film. I think everything else up to then was on actual mm-hmm. film, 1635 or whatever. And then you see this ad, for, which is just beautifully shot in sort of a make-believe um, way with fantastic lighting and this pounding 80s soundtrack. I ended up listening to the soundtrack for that, mm. watching every other monitor for the longest time because <laughs> <laughs> I just felt i don't know i felt compelled to it was just sort of um the music of your life almost like a, a strange in a strange sort of way, even that had nothing to do with my actual experience hmm.
0: so the fantasy the fantasies that were created around the industrial gate film clip seemed you you preferred you preferred this. Well it's like such a
1: stark contrast yeah. well to everything else. I just um it also for me that piece if you as I was watching it it was referring to other films that or pieces that were in cinema effect dreams, like there's snow falling on the bottom of the gate which harkens back to one of the other artists in the piece. There's rain falling on it which harkens back to the little girl with her cake in right. the rain. And it just sort of to me just sort of I don't know, made me remember the exhibition I just saw, the day I just spent in the darkness in the uh-huh. factory watching the exhibition, working. Uh-huh. Um, it was just, it, it, I don't know if, the, if the, the the curators of the exhibition, you know, thought that it <laughs> would be work that way on some level for for an individual, but it did for me, sort of tied up, summed up the whole Dreams exhibition in a way.
0: I mean one of the things that i I saw is that there was this progression from the earlier um, from the earlier film clips to the late the most recent ones and what I found was interesting about that was it seemed to go more from masses of people who you couldn't distinguish from each other and then more towards the end um, with uh, i think it's uh, uh that was dan- yeah dancer in the dark um, it's almost more about individuals and that mm-hmm. it to me, it set up this interesting dialogue between kind of Hollywood films focusing more on individuality and then the documentary focusing more on kind of, um, you know, kind the of masses. Masses, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I was uh, just thinking also of the second monitor work. I mean, these film clips are examples of film from around the world. Uh-huh. The second. Um, it was shot in Hanoi and just to see I mean just even as just watching this as a pure document as a documentary to see these children coming out of the factory with their after their days of day of work it's just incredible it just sort of reminds you of different the different experiences over time Mm -hmm. Um, yeah
3: yeah Gosh, (laughs) I I, I guess I'm kind of thinking something differently, which is that different, which is that, you know, I don't think this really gets too far to the nature of work, really. I mean, um, unless it's the work we're doing as viewers looking at this. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, work is a subject matter, which then uh, becomes uh, something which either entertains us or engages our interests, uh, but we give it just very brief, Moments—not enough to really understand much about what's depicted um, beyond, you know, the kind of comparisons of uh, street people versus movie stars um, uh, versus, um, you know, you, we see Chaplin, and you know, this this ri- associates with a whole bunch of attitudes towards towards cinema and and towards society and. Um, so, uh, I think it's 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 about the representation
0: more than, than mm-hmm. the work per se. I guess it could be read as either in a, in an interesting sort of way, you know. I mean, you can like because with Chaplin, we were talking about Chaplin, and and, um, and KJ was saying how she hates him, <laughs> 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 and I was saying how it seems what it might seem forced to us because really it's he's he's representing a bigger idea than just one individual, like he's got the makeup on, there's that kind of, like, he's representing the everyday man, but then there's, all, all, there, then around him are people not wearing the makeup, so it's like, um, I guess I keep going back to this idea of the, the individual in the mask that comes up for me, and just in terms of how the images work, and, and, um...
1: But
2: I'm thinking then about the, the second to last one, about the industrial video that is very clearly an industrial video that doesn't have any people at all. I think it's the only one that is just about the machine and that comes before the individual and the large mature one and the Hmm. last one. And it it stands out starkly because of the color, because of the video image, but also because there are no people in it and all of the others are about people, whether it's just a few people or just masses of people.
0: Hmm. So I guess if we think of this as some kind of film essay, there's like, like, what would our conclusion be? (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm saying we don't have to conclude yeah, I mean right. maybe it's not about concluding at all but they are you know it's like for me Chaplin's like right in the center at, at, at six you know screen mm-hmm. six and then you're saying right before the end is that um you know it's that industrial um you know one about the gate that is weird it's very fetishy The I machine found. taking over yeah
3: I mean and it 's shot as a seductive glamorous object, which is what they do when they make advertisements it 's meant to attract us and and um Make us it's, want to it's, buy a it's, gate. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. It's literally meant to make us want to buy a gate.
0: <laughs> That's a, um, you know, I'm like, well, yeah, we, and yeah, yeah. So, what do we have to? What 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 do they have to appeal to to make us want a gate? Do we naturally want a gate? No, no, they no have, but they somehow have, they
3: have to make it appealing. They <laughs> and, and they pay people a lot of money to light it and and mm-hmm. make it seem like something you might actually right. think you want. Also, right, right. Um, I need a gate. Yeah. So okay. what
1: are the what are the other clips selling? If well, you want to think of it that way, like what are we getting f- from it? I mean, or is that one specifically speaking to selling mm. as a,
2: a moment in time? But Hollywood's always selling us something. Yeah, and, and it gets to keeps going, you know. Like, but I mean that he's referencing that the very first one. Okay, this is the very first film clip ever, which I'm not sure that's. But if we take it as the essay, and if we take that as truth. <laughs> um, that the very first one is about workers leaving the factory, and then if, if they're all referencing cinema, if it ends up with Lars von Trier and his dogma, yeah. um, if that's
3: how we're ending, if that's at the bookends of right. cinema history. I mean, that is, I think that is an interesting piece to end on because of the dogma idea, mm-hmm. where, where you get sort of a hybrid of Cinema uh, fiction done with a notion of realism that was particularly the, the Dogma Group, right? It, and they had all these very puritanical <laughs> ideas about how to go about making a film. I think uh, you know the Lumieres at the at the first one uh, had their own kind of not really puritanical ideas, but they, they thought the movie camera was a scientific instrument that they mm-hmm. were. But but yet the way that that scene is staged, it, it, it you know I think it's true that the Lumieres shot that scene any a number of times. There's a number of versions of workers leaving the factory, mm-hmm. so you know it, it, it's not as as uh, street real as it might be taken to be. So, in some way, I think one of the conclusions here is that nothing can be taken as at face value, or nothing is, falls clearly into one or the other camp mm-hmm. of, of realism or fiction or dream or realisms or whatever polarities we're setting up here. Um, and the fact, too, that it ends with these
2: uber-celebrities, whereas right. in the first one it was right. a document of workers leaving the factory. And then we have Bjork and Catherine Deneuve in <laughs> yeah. the last one. Right. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: representing the workers.
3: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, Chaplin was a huge movie star mm-hmm. and yeah. a huge French cultural French. figure in his time. And, so um, it was Monica Vitti. Yeah, Monica Vitti. And um, so I think it's interesting that Ferenczi doesn't seem to uh, mind... blending these as though they're in some way all equivalent or you know of of some equal stature in some way their claim on truth or reality or realism or whatever
0: Hmm. does it do you feel like by doing that it neutralizes the effect of them individually that it kind of in some ways is taking the power out of the images or do you think that it's asking something else from us
3: well, I think it, you know, one one looks critically, and when you have comparisons, that's an invitation to be too look critically. Uh-huh. So that could either boost your involvement, or it, it could, it could, you know, undercut the intended uh, effect of what's there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I
1: think all cinema's fair game mm-hmm. to Faroqi. The images that he can, as a cinema essayist, if you want to call him that, he can use to his own. Ends. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what he's saying. I will appropriate these images to say what I want to say.
3: Yeah, he's quite promiscuous almost with it, <laughs> what he what he goes to. Um,
0: mm-hmm. I
3: mean, one could easily uh, imagine following up that dichotomy between Lumiere and Melies. You know, there's the documentary tradition and the fiction tradition, and they go in these mm-hmm. two separate paths. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think now, you know, the world we live in now, we we, we have a more complicated notion of realism and reality and so on than, than existed, say, at the time of the Lumières.
0: I don't even know if I have a complete notion of... You've lost. We, it probably, yeah, right? I think I've lost.
3: <laughs> We're looking for to get it back. Yeah.
0: It's <laughs> an interesting Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Anybody, anything else, or...?
1: I was also just thinking about the romance of the factory and the romance of the idea of the worker uh-huh. and how each of these pieces really does feel observational we're just on always on the outside and we're yeah. imagining what people are doing inside and can only refer to it as they leave and um, it's disturbing i mean I think. I haven't seen, all by any means, seen all of Farouki's other films, he's made over 90 films. Mm -hmm. So I've seen a handful of them, but he seems really fascinated with the idea of what, can can cinema and video, can images actually speak of reality? Can we actually, if we see a documentary, do we need to trust that it's real? I mean, the whole idea of um, authenticity in film seem like polar opposites to Farouki. I find that fascinating.
3: I mean, I think one could imagine almost any of these the things that show up in these monitors being treated in a very different way by, say, some of the artists that are in the dream part. You know, mm-hmm. you could get uh, them presented as very seductive dream images. is not doing that. Um, you know, I think he's giving us a, a pretty clear-headed presentation of dream stuff. Um, but in a way where it's not a lure, you know, it's 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 meant for
0: a rational, a rational mm-hmm. approach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The seems to be about the similar distance the camera has. I mean, well, actually, near the end, uh, uh, I mean, of the sequence, it's the ho- more Hollywood films seem to be more closer oh, to people. But I feel like there's a similar distance for some mm-hmm. reason. I don't know what that is. It's yeah. interesting.
3: we look down on it, too. I mean, if these are monitors on the floor. Right. There
0: was a choice to put them on, a pe- uh, on the pedestal yeah. or put them on the floor, and I think they opted for it to be on the floor.
3: Uh-huh. For maybe practical reasons, or was there an aesthetic reason? I mean, it, it I just, just think... turns out to be, you know, in the others one is generally looking up at mm-hmm. the screen, which is sort of overwhelming yeah. and... Uh, big. Yeah, big and... Uh, and um, you can't powering. pass it by without
2: looking at it. I yeah. did see a lot of people just kind of walking by these monitors, also because it's a thoroughfare, but yeah, you can
1: pass right.
2: by it and not take it in. You can choose to engage with it or yeah. not.
1: And I think you can also choose to watch it left to right, mm-hmm. read it, it as a line of script or text oh. or whatever, or just watch one monitor yeah. for the whole time. Continuously, it's all looped, right? Yeah. Or watch them in any way you want, mm-hmm. um, regardless of the numbering. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs>
0: In fact, you can also choose to listen to the different soundtracks with the different... Right. So you have this kind of choice mm-hmm. to kind of m- make your own mix of images and sound, which mm-hmm. is interesting.
2: Which is what he's doing too, right? Yeah. But I mean, I did definitely read it, and I was you know, thinking about, okay, why did Farroki put this together this way? <laughs> but I did see... Um, in the end, that it is a very ferroki work in these these themes of the of the workers, the 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 day to day, the struggle, but also just the the industrial images. It all does fit together in this ferroki piece, and it's interesting that an artist can do that <laughs> mm-hmm. by appropriating other yeah. images.
0: In some ways, when you look at this work, you can see a lot of. Kind of seeds of ideas that other uh, artists are using throughout the the uh, exhibition Mm -hmm. this appropriation with like the bruce connor films and um and even with the michael bell smith where it's the video backgrounds i mean so it's funny how you can see a lot of different things in this work that connect it back to the exhibit kind of an umbrella sort of way
3: that's interesting, although I think the, the appropriation in most of the others you mentioned is with a very different intention and, and, and meant to sort of reconfigure this material into a new thing right. um, with very mm-hmm. different uh, powers than it had originally. Uh-huh. Here, I think, Farocchi is, is, is interested in staying with the, <laughs> the original power of these things uh-huh. and, and putting a little distance between those powers and us as viewers. Hmm. And then running a comparison, you know, look look yeah. at how we did it then, and how we do it now. And are, um, mm-hmm. uh, can we really discern, you know, uh, things that are particularly penetratingly uh, views of real things versus fictional things? It's pretty hard to tell,
2: and it forces you to think about social history too. Yeah, I mean, he
3: is never divorced from every society one of the yeah, yeah well, sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I mean, think of Chaplin's history. You know what happened to Chaplin? You know, he was, little, he was a little everyman, so to speak, and got really trashed, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Now, if we pause long enough, that would go off. Yeah. So, <laughs> I just
0: notice. I'll chime in now and then. Yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah, I mean, I feel like we've said quite a lot. Enough for your 15 minutes. Yeah. It? Well, no, no, it just has to be 15 minutes. Oh. We don't have to... But um, certainly, yeah, I mean, are there other, th- other things that we haven't touched on?
2: Oh, one other thing that I was thinking about watching it was just the um, the difference between the bosses and the workers, it was mostly focused on the workers, but in a few months, like in Hanoi, they were handing the money at the, right. you know, the, mm-hmm. where the boss did play a role, or in the Antonioni, um, the organizers and the, the bosses and the authority, but, but it was mostly about the workers, but once in a while, the boss made an appearance.
0: Uh huh.
1: Those weird authority figures Mm -hmm. kept creeping in, even outside of the factory gate, which is really ominous to me. There's no freedom, even when you get out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'm just talking about my own life. Yeah. (laughs) No,
0: I I respond to that really well too, which is like, I mean, we talked about this earlier, which is, you know, how do you get away from work if you've got, you know, a cell phone, if you've got, you know, um, technology that always keeps you connected to potential work. Mm-hmm. You do, yeah. podcasts I do podcasts on Sunday. I do podcasts on Sunday afternoon. Actually, this is yeah. you know, but this is uh, pleasure, very <laughs> <laughs> A pleasure.
3: I wonder whether Farroki thinks that, that, that it's important that we, identi- you know, that for a viewer to identify what's in these monitors. That is, you know, be able to. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I when I saw it, I didn't. I got most of them, but not all of them. You know, yeah. so I'm looking at the Antonio and i that's one. That's an Antonio film. I wasn't sure w- which one. Um, so I don't know whether that's um, it, you know part of it, uh, whether one is supposed to do, or is that just for cinephiles? Cinephiles okay. yeah. to do. Um,
1: you can see so many different um, points of interest and entry into all of this into this collection of works, though like the cinephile might go crazy and be able to tell you exactly where in the film that scene yeah. comes
3: right but then tell what to happen here. next exactly
1: and what they're actually saying <laughs> yeah. in
2: English but the language, yeah the language barriers really create a distance too where you can't unless you happen to speak Italian and German and French and what else comes up in there but it's not made for people to be able to understand it literally I, I think yeah, I think it's, it's yeah.
0: again it comes back to the idea that it's really about representation how the workers yeah. represented.
1: It's not about interpreting the actual films themselves. Just seeing them. Yeah. I was joking. This is like a meta cinema, right? It's not about the films themselves. It's talking about the films as. It's my phone.
0: Oh, okay. sorry. <laughs> um, Potential work.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, it's on. The factory is
0: Factory is calling.
1: Just sort of seeing these. They're, um, should I just wait until that's? No, that's no. Going? Just
0: ignore it. It's fine. Probably won't use this anyway. We're used to this I might. Way. We might use the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, but these are film segments, doesn't really matter so much what's being said, what the narrative fiction is, what's exactly happening, where the workers are going, what they actually do, right. what kind of workers they are, none of that matters. They're like pieces for Faroki to use in his larger piece, he's using them for his essay, uh-huh. and we can identify with the factory gate, with the workers clocking off, or with the workers, you know... Um, striking or having a romance or whatever. Um, but it's not about, yeah, it's not about the film yeah. source.
3: Huh. So we, we wouldn't want to look at it as a non-June Pike, just visual spectacle flying around across any monitors, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Although no. if you had
3: no cin- cin- cinema history or you knew nothing about this material and you just... Confronted with what was there, I wonder what you would do with it.
2: Mm-hmm. Or if you're not looking at it for more than a few
0: seconds, like just yeah. a glance. Right? Yeah. I don't
2: see the content. I see the overall. Yeah. You
0: just you just see it as people walking, right. which is what you're doing in that space.
1: Mm-hmm. But wouldn't you always see the gate? I mean, isn't the gate? I, you do see, see the gate. Industry. I didn't think no. of the gate.
0: I see the gate more. Yeah, yeah. At the end, to more than. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's I, and also well, to it, the, the, the idea of a gate too. I don't. I mean, maybe we're the—I mean, I'm the wrong person to talk about, but I don't know if factories are like that anymore. <laughs> the
3: gates are invisible. Uh, yeah, the gates.
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> this idea of the I gate mean, is a funny thing mm-hmm. now. And it
3: sort of resonates with the opening of the piece, with the curtain piece. I mean, the curtain is is a gate, of sorts. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And the, when you enter the dream state, you pass through some kind of gate, maybe yeah. what we might call a gate. Mm-hmm. Gates are, I guess, pretty. Big metaphors, if you want to make them into that
1: <laughs> threshold or something. Yeah.
3: And I, you know, just my experience of coming upon the piece after exiting everything else, um, it really was a kind of it's this sort of kind of afterthought to what the, this very raw experience you've had. Uh-huh. And in the way that people talk about their dreams, usually uh, in, in ways that sort of destroy them or you know drain them of whatever vitality they had, but. Um, I mean, it was, it was curious, in some ways curious to see it there. It was see, one more thing, but, but not integrated in, you know, but somehow part. Of, mm-hmm. So, uh, but, but as a transition, as a setup for, you know, this thing is coming later. Waking up. You know, yeah.
1: Hmm. I have to go to work.